Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Daleks as they attempt to exterminate the universe in episode 474. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Exterminate. Glenn is in his element this week. Yes, I am. I am loving it. Same thing it. we do every night, Pinky. Attempt to exterminate the universe. <laughs> yeah, I really, really digging this week. Really digging the next few weeks. <laughs> it's all these new Dalek episodes. Lots of Daleks. Did you guys do any fun, anything fun this week? I officially got all of my Christmas up, so. Nice. Ooh, good for you. I am totally caught up. We got Mason put the tree together um, over the weekend downstairs, and then on oh Saturday I started digging out all the rest of the de- decorations and everything, and, and we just kind of slowly through the weekend kind of did a little project here, a little project there, and by the end Sunday night we got it all up, so. We're all ready for Christmas. Cool. We got, got all our decorations up, too. Mel got quite uh, inspired. Normally, uh, the Christmas decorations is kind of a, a two-part event. We usually start late on, you know, if we get inspired, we'll start late Thanksgiving Day after the turkey and everything and get some of it done, but we're all lethargic and sluggish. So then it spills over into the next day where we, you know, kind of get everything done. And in this case, it was um, Sunday. She was like, all right, let's do it. And we got everything up. <laughs> and then couldn't figure out why we were dragging so much uh, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to set the record straight on that. You overworked yourself. Yep. I mean, come on, honey, decorating for Christmas. That's more work than we've done in, you know, seven months. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's not like you were going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad that uh, I didn't have it done uh in time for Glenn to come over and see it. <laughs> yeah, it was there on Saturday, but it wasn't done yet. I did see the outdoor lights. They looked good. We've all watched The Mandalorian now. What did you guys think of this week's episode? It was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I want to rewatch it before next week. Yeah, I think I'm going to probably rewatch it as well because I thought it was really well done. Best fan service ever. <laughs> and I really enjoyed the fact that it felt so much like it was it was very much a nod to Kurosawa with the way that the episode was not only constructed but visually yeah. um, the the interior of the the courtyard was very you know feudal Japan and samurai yeah. feeling which then just made me really really think that we need to get a petition together so that we can get Jenny Tartakovsky in to direct uh, an episode next season because so much of the show has been Samurai Jack. Did you guys watch anything else? We finished season four of The Crown. It was good. Oh, cool. Highly recommend, especially if you've watched the previous seasons. We uh, finished Watchmen, the HBO series, which was quite good. I've heard and nothing but good things about it. It's impressive. It's, it even won Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. just me. <laughs> and then um, we watched uh, Enola Holmes, the uh, mm. Netflix uh offering oh yeah yeah it was fun i would not mind if there was another one uh, in the works down the road i wouldn't be surprised if they did another one down the road a lot of people liked it so i'd be okay with another sherlockian mystery 
in uh, that style, starring her. And then we watched an absolutely bizarre movie that uh, Julian suggested. Uh, I believe here it's called Iron Mask. I think the official title is Journey to China, The Mystery of Iron Mask. Yeah. Uh, which is the Jackie Chan-Arnold Schwarzenegger pairing, uh, neither of which are the main character. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, because the ads make it look like they're the stars. Oh, hardcore! But uh, no, they 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 have uh, they have uh, huh. sub. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're not bit parts, but they're 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 not the leads. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's um, I don't I don't know. I'm really I'm I'm eventually I'll get around to reviewing this one for for flicks with friends, and I'm not sure how to do it because it's three different movies that they mash together, and it's so very odd. And uh, there's parts of it that are like, okay, this is just bonkers enough to be okay, but it's really, really out there. <laughs> and then we got to the end and discovered that it's a sequel, <laughs> <laughs> which nobody knew ahead of time. Oh, no. <laughs> so there, were, there were huge chunks of the story that we were going, why don't you talk about that? You draw, you, you like name dropped this right at the beginning and then never did anything with it. That's really, and then we found out that's what the first movie is apparently all about. So, <laughs> Well, now you have something to look forward to. Go back and, and watch. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I gotta <laughs> I gotta see what happens. You can feel you feel compelled to do it now. I watched um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. We we're still, we're on a slow rewatch leading up to uh, the 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 third movie. We we got all excited when the thing was coming out. We were like, yeah, we go. I can't wait to see this. This is really good and funny. And then we watched the first movie and then i don't know it's been about a month ago and now we just got around it's just a matter of not being tired enough to sit you know because we have to we have to uh, kind of plan our our movie watching together because you know one of us one or the other of us will be too tired to watch a movie or we'll fall asleep watching something you know so we both had to make sure that uh, we were going to get through it we did and uh, you know we i remember that not being a very good movie but it's a lot better than I remembered. And so there, what I think what I appreciated about it most, it's certainly not as good as the first movie, but what I think what I appreciated about it the most was is the fact that they don't regurgitate uh, um, jokes, which is what a lot of comedy film, successful comedy film sequels will do, is they will just completely rehash jokes. And while there, there's you know certainly a lot of the things that Bill and Ted do are very atypical of, of Bill and Ted, the jokes aren't rehashed. You know they don't redo things, and so I, I appreciated that about the movie. I, I agree. I think it's definitely a film that uh, surprisingly has gotten better with age. Well, we got a lot and, of news to tackle, so let's uh, go ahead and move on to that. Revolution of the Daleks will be airing on New Year's Day. And Finally, trailer. Finally, we get some and confirmation on that. Loads of details about the episode, including the fact that Captain Jack is back. Yeah, that was a surprise. I think we, you know, obviously speculated when he showed up briefly in that episode last season uh, that he would probably be returning. That that felt like that was a a tease ahead to you know this isn't the last we'll see of Jack, but. Um, so not surprising, but also at the same time, I didn't. It was unexpected when I, until I saw the trailer. Yeah, what did you guys think of the trailer? I think it looks good. I think uh, I 
I'm sure the Doctor will have a lot more to do in it, but they really don't highlight the Doctor at all. It's really Jack and the Companions that we get a lot of. And so it was kind of an interesting take on a Doctor Who trailer that we don't see a lot of what's happening with the Doctor. We get that one kind of shot where she's still, you know, counting the days in prison. Um, and then I think there were a couple other shots, but we they don't really let on to what's happening there. And I, I appreciated that. It was a really good tease. Yeah. I was also very surprised to see Chris Noss' character come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd forgot about that. Uh, we hadn't seen him since uh, Arachnids in the UK. Yeah. And we kind of bemoaned the fact that he ran off and escaped. So this Well, I, th- I think even back happening. then we said that that felt like a setup to, to bring him back at some point. Yeah. This was all. This episode was all about setups in prior seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. Yeah, it will be seventy-five minutes long and will air at six forty-five GMT on BBC One and seven PM Central Time on on BBC America. So it's only going to be. Th- Two minutes shy of what Day of the Doctor clocked in at. Yeah, I saw somewhere that this is the longest special since Day of the Doctor. So, Then we also get official notice and word that Ryan and Graham will be leaving the show at the end of this episode. Which again wasn't a big surprising news because I think there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of rumors that that was happening anyway. So I think we've all been kind of prepared for that happening. Yeah. It's not surprising at all. Yeah. What else is in the news? Lots of DVD announcements. The next season to get a Blu-ray set is going to be season eight. Grant's first season. Yeah, so that'd be uh, John Pertwee's second season in the U.S. <laughs> if if we're going by the U.S. labeling of these DVDs, uh, yeah. which I think is yeah. annoying, it'll be John Pertwee season two. So this features Terror of the Autons, The Minds of Evil, Cause of Axos, Colony in Space, and The Demons. That'll be the uh, debut season of The Master as well. Yeah. Cannot wait. Did you guys and see the uh, uh, trailer for it with Joe and, and David returning? I did not get the chance oh, to Oh, you it. should watch it. It's really cute. They did It, they it did is a, so cute. Yeah, they did another really fun little tongue-in-cheek trailer with the two of them. They always do really good jobs with those trailers. Yeah, they do. More DVD news? More DVD news. They are going to do a special edition of The Web of Fear with a, f- a special animated episode for the missing one for that. So we're getting a new box set. Or not a new box set, a new DVD in yeah. 2021. Another another version, because we've got the original release, which was the vanilla release. Then we got a special edition, I think, two years ago, three years ago. And now we're getting this version of it. I don't remember the special edition. It must have been a UK only. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it might have been. Now that you say that, um, but it was. Uh, it had like, it basically was vanilla, but had uh, special features that they included on it. So, uh-huh. I think that this is this is encouraging for me because while uh, number one, it's discouraging for a lot of people are pointing out that they're. I, I think they've just taken. Uh, that episode that because that that particular story that's being or episode that's being animated in this is the one that allegedly was taken when uh, Philip Morris had secured the canisters uh, for this to return to the BBC and one of them had gotten had had been stolen before they got him out of there 
Um, and so I think this, sadly, a lot of people are pointing out that they've probably given up on, on reco- ever recovering that. And so that's part of the reason they're animating this. But I look at it on another way is if they're willing to go back and do the one episode of this, they might be willing to go back and revisit things like the underwater menace, which I think while grateful mm-hmm. that it got a DVD release with recons, it's, it wasn't a very well done reconstruction um because it you know i appreciate what they did with it but just going with the stills in order of how they had them it just didn't work as well as as some of say the loose cannon ones have been and that being said i think that maybe they'll they will look at going back and finishing or extending the animation for wheel in space which we've already gotten the uh, test animation footage for so did you guys watch the teaser for this? I did, but I can't remember. Nothing wowed me about it, I guess. I can't remember what What I noticed out. is it looked like different animation, and I saw somewhere that I think it's a different animation company. Oh, you know, I saw... Shapeshifter Studios. What I, I saw seen. was a Patrick Troughton. They had animated an original blurb that Troughton had recorded... Uh, oh, that, 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 that teased the web of fear. And I thought the animation looked a lot more fluid and a lot different than what we've got from the past. So I wondered about that as well, now that you say that. It looked a little bit, to me, kind of like more 3D-ish, kind of like what they tried to do with um, the Reign of Terror. But yeah. I didn't want to be the one to bring up Reign of Terror. But yeah, that's kind of where I felt as well is I don't it know wasn't quite that but it, it definitely had that well it, it almost looks like smoother it almost looks like rotoscoping in fact it almost looks like yeah. some of the style of animation that uh, uh, Ralph Bakshi did on American Pop have you guys ever seen that it was basically mm-hmm. a movie that was shot and then Bakshi went back and rotos not hit a rotoscope he animated over those now obviously they done they didn't do that with this because i realized that that there's nothing to rotoscope or nothing to animate over because we don't have surviving footage but that's a kind of the look that it has and i think that's kind of the look that i've always felt that uh, web of fear has now i think that the your guys's issue with web of fear being a little too um creepy looking i don't get that vibe from this no, i think no, it no, has no. that because of the color or if it's just improved animation? No, I think it's I think it's I think it's still a different stylized animation. It's almost a cross between what we get in um that uh Hartnell story and um what we're getting with uh this current animation coming. So it's almost a half and half of each. Which I think I'm okay with. Although I was fine with Reign of Terror too, but I'm a little intrigued as to why they would have switched companies. Um, the only reason I could but see I maybe would anywhere. be, well, the only reason I would say, and, and this would be encouraging is it, it takes a while to animate. And if they've got two companies trading off uh, yeah. and working on different things, then they can get these, uh, onto the Blu-rays sooner for the trout season. Yeah. So I suspect maybe you won't have to wait a year. Yeah. In between releases. I suspect what they're doing is they're probably just doubling up to, to try to make sure that this stuff gets done sooner than, than later. I tried to do some research and find out if this company had done one before, and it doesn't look like I couldn't find anything that they had, no, or they, I couldn't they find did. an announcement of the company who had done yeah. the previous twos either. So they have definitely haven't done any Doctor Who yet. So. 
It's still exciting. I'm it looking forward exciting. to having a a moving picture version of the episode three. Me too. Good stuff. On Doctor Who Day, Big Finish announced a new box set that's going to be coming called The End of the Beginning, which will see the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Doctors all team up in a multi-Doctor story, which will be fantastic. (laughs) Because they always do a good job. The cynic in me would like to reply with, again? And the Doctor Who fan in me is like, shut up, I don't care, go for it, yes, more of this. Well, I, I, I mean, it, it certainly bookends what they've done. I mean, they started out with the monthly range, and now they're bringing the monthly range to an end so they can focus more on the you know box setting of stuff. Um, so it makes sense that they would end, especially with these four doctors uh, reuniting together. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool idea. Yeah. It bookends very well with uh, Sirens of Time, which I think only had three of the four of them. But. Yeah. Moving on, Candy Jar. Books announced Series 8 of the Lethbridge-Stewart line. Glenn, do you have details on that? Candy Jar Books uh, Lethbridge-Stewart Series um, launches with the Domination Game, I think is the first Ooh. one in that set, which I think is uh, a continuation on of their Dominators books. That Let's see, we had uh, Mutual Assured Domination, and then I think there was one in that last series that we're still working our way through. It was a Dominator story, but I can't remember what it was called. Um, but Domination Game starts off the next set, and um, that's uh, written by our friend Allie Leeds and Megan Fazell yeah. joining her. Uh, Fear Frequency by George Ivanoff, and then The Haunting of Gable Chase by Andrew Allen. And that'll be the next series. Um, they've closed out. Oh, Rise of the Dominator was the last uh, Dominator story during the yeah, Laughing Gnome right. during the Laughing Gnome series. So, well, and this uh, series returns back to the normal timeline. Yeah, it? in or fact, I think the seventies. Sub- yeah, I think the subtitle of this is Year Two. <laughs> <laughs> That was one heck of a year one. Yeah, we've wrapped up the first full year of those stories. So. So that is exciting stuff, and uh, we're, of course, going to get back on track with uh, our Lethbridge-Stewart stuff. Uh, One other note, uh, which I thought was pretty cool to go along with our news, is that um, the Lethbridge-Stewart line is also getting a coloring book. Which I think is a great idea. I I, I want more. Uh, I I still don't have the Doctor Who one that you guys refuse to color in. But uh, they are taking pre-orders now. The art is by Martin Baines, which I think has done some of the artwork for uh, the series in the past. Um, It's a little blurb says, Fantastic collection of artwork is a must for all Doctor Who fans, as well as collectors of adult coloring books. It features 20 brand new pieces of art by Thunderbirds, Danger Mouse, and Doctor Who artist Martin Baines. So uh, I'm looking forward to buying two of those, one that I can set aside uncolored and one that I can color. (laughs) 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 All right, well, let's move on to our reviews. The Hollow Planets. The Doctor Needs You, incoming signal from planetoid TG-88.3 Omega, otherwise known as the Hollow Planets. Something or someone has knocked out the local android population and taken over the mining facility built long ago on the planet's surface. Are you ready to take on this intergalactic Doctor Who, Doctor Who adventure? Meet assistance 
hologram penguins, crack Dalek codes, and work with your team to help the doctor save the day? Bum, bum, bum. This <laughs> is a If you don't do it, I will. <laughs> uh, waiting to make sure that was the end of the description. Yeah, right. All right. So just to, to fill the listeners in on this one, this was one we have been planned on uh, reviewing. I think we had it down the line, but we've moved it up. Uh, this is by um, the escape room. There's an escape room uh, company in the UK called Escape Hunt. And they do some pretty cool professional uh, Dalek, or no, I'm sorry, uh, escape rooms. And uh, I think they've done uh, a Cyberman one a year or two ago. And then they've recently done a Dalek Awakens, which is uh, the in-person game that you can do for, um, it's as their, that was part of their uh, initial bid for uh, inclusion in Time, uh, uh, Time Lord Victorious. And unfortunately, we have not been able to do that because it's in the UK. But what Escape uh, Hunt has also done is, and and part of this came about because of the the COVID lockdown, and they knew a lot of people weren't going to be able to get out. So uh, as part of that, they created the Hollow Planet, which is what they call a print and play escape room. Um, You print it out. You pay, I think it was roughly $20. Uh, American, I think it's fourteen ninety nine pounds. You said, Sean, is that right? Yes, sir. Um, and so you play, you pay, and then you print this out, and uh, you go through it. There's no time limit like there is in an escape room, but there's a lot of really cool little um, puzzles that you work through as you go. And so we played it over the weekend, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a it's well worth the money um uh, of twenty dollars to to buy this and print it out we did have some hiccups with printing because none of our printers wanted to cooperate <laughs> but we managed to finally get uh working copies and that that is to no uh fault of uh escape hunt uh that was our technology here that we we had issues with but um once we now got leave it, all- it to 2020 to be the perfect right, once right. we overcome these challenges we're given something else to deal with right um but it, it's a lot and, of and fun. It's printing is very essential to the game. Yes, it is. And uh, it, but the, you know the the puzzles aren't without challenge. They are um, somewhat challenging puzzles. They're they're doable. I think it's 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 not something that you know is is completely over your head. Um, some of the mechanics of the puzzles are very familiar. They're they're basic logic puzzles, but done in such a way, uh, a clever way, in order to um, help uh, you know uh, further the the mystery of the game and 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 the uh, uh the logic in, in in putting them together yeah i just i had a lot of fun playing it it was really nice to get be able to get together of course we were all very safe we want to say that we 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 social distanced as much as we could and we did wear masks around each other because we are still dealing with covid so be aware that we were <laughs> we were still being safe even though we got together but what do you guys think of the game i i 100 agree with you i uh I, I was surprised. I've not uh, done. You're kind of the escape room hound uh, <laughs> of, of the of the group, and uh, I had not done anything um, along these lines. And I found it to be fun and enjoyable, and um, just challenging enough that there were there were certainly moments where um, I think we were not quite pulling our hair out, but. <laughs> We're at least uh, scratching our heads. Definitely some head scratchers. And um, it, it was uh, just in a kind of an enjoyable little romp. Uh, there were just a handful of things that 
I could wish for that would have made it, I think, that much more enjoyable to kind of treat it as a, a, a true interactive um, you know, maybe uh, I, I'm used to the old days where we would have things like the uh, the Star Wars VCR board game. So, <laughs> if you remember how that was put together, um, you know, something of that nature where there was an actual video segment awaiting you. But uh, no, it was uh, it was very cool. We should point out yeah. that if you do have this game, you do need an internet connection, not just to download it, but there is some interactive stuff that does happen and you do need a, uh, internet connection and I guess an email, uh, for sure. <laughs> an email account <laughs> along with markers and, uh, printing ability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would suggest, I would suggest, and scissors. I would suggest color pencils instead of, um, Sharpies, but, um, Sean is a Sharpie fan. So we, we made, <laughs> it worked. It worked. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was a lot of fun to do all the challenges that they included, and some of them were decent challenges. Some of them were pretty easy, but other ones were pretty, took a little, weren't necessarily hard, but a little time consuming to figure out how they were supposed to go together. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think if you're somebody that works out puzzles a lot, you'll certainly fare better than somebody that doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's also, you know, at a high enough level where, you know, a tween could also do this with some parent help or younger and be able to f- master all these puzzles by themselves, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's a good thing, though. It's going to be a family game that you can play. There's a couple of small things that I had issue with, like one of the symbols that you're supposed to uncover isn't in a key that, it's supposed to be used in so it gets rather confusing of what letters you're supposed to use uh for that but yeah. that's the only real complaints i had with the whole thing i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a lot of fun i say i'll um i'll even go one step further that it, it uh at least to my mind um reminded me of the lego video games mm-hmm. that uh I, I enjoy those because they're um well for one co-op because it's something that mel and i can do together versus um you know so much of the versus modes on these video games um but i find the puzzles on the lego video games to generally be pretty straightforward and just challenging enough that i feel like i'm 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 doing something you know it's not just mindless gameplay it's 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 actually i have to work at it a little bit and every now and then they do throw me a, a stumper where you know we'll work at it for about an hour and then give up and go to the internet (laughs) yeah so this kind of reminded me of that um, difficulty level i think what i liked about it too is they had the 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 little online manual that you could reference to kind of get some clues and hints so that was that was well done which was the other nice thing about the online manual was it was like in character also yeah yeah. so it, it kind of fit in and it didn't really give you here go do this it was you still had to kind of think about what it was telling you and interpret it, which I thought was nice. It wasn't a straight out manual of here's how you solve this. And yeah. in fact, some of them, I looking at the manual, it wasn't very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gave some context, but it didn't really help me figure out what we needed to do. Yeah. And, and really the, you know, the, the doll like aspect of it is fairly small. Yeah, it okay. is. It <laughs> is. Very large. Um, I, and it's yeah. I, one of the things that I and I, I hate to spoil. Well, yeah, I hate to spoil this. 
so I won't much, but I think the the end of this game, as I got to thinking about it, maybe this will segue us into the next thing that we're reviewing, which is funny, is something we probably should have reviewed at the very beginning of this endeavor, but um, the Time Lord Victorious um, trailer, and the reason why we're coming to this late is because, or reviewing it late, we were, I, I think we were all very well aware of it, but um, when the Doctor Who uh, TV Time Lord Victorious website released their reading order they included um the trailer in the order and it falls before the first uh video or the first animated episode of the daleks of daleks and the reason why i thought this would be perfect especially now is events that happen at the end of the game that we played could be implied that there's why one of the reasons why the this particular Dalek that's in the beginning of this might be out there now the the hollow planet or the hollow planet the uh, uh, yeah the hollow planet game actually also takes place right before a Dalek awakens which is the escape hunt game um, but I think on that reading list too or the the list of how things uh, proceed Dalek awakens is actually after the uh, well I could be wrong it might have been it might have been between hollow planet and the trailer now too that i think about it because i got the impression that the uh the dalek in this was the dalek in the dalek awakens yes i believe that's true uh but the reason i say that i think that the 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 the, the dalek in the beginning of or in this uh release i think is the dalek that has to deliver the message and I think that that Dalek then goes on to deliver or to try attempt to deliver the message in uh, the next in the game in the the actual live uh, escape room game is what I think. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I'm thinking that this is like an in between kind of thing. So um, there's not a lot to say about the uh, Time Lord Victorious trailer other than the fact that this kind of is what sparks off the event. At least I think the events in the timeline for the Daleks, uh, if we're meant to believe that this Dalek has somehow come back from the Dark Times to deliver a message to the Daleks who have not experienced the Dark, dark Times yet, kind of a bootstrap paradox, I think that we're, this is to imply that whatever has happened in the past has caused this Dalek to, um, you know, wake up, awaken, and uh, send a message to the other Daleks something is coming and something has happened see i got the impression from the trailer maybe it's just because i'm watching it after you know the audio we listened to and watching the first two episodes of the daleks series that it was the strategist oh no 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 it's definitely not the the trailer no it sounded like him to me it's a clone i I think he's. I think he sounds like that because he's a, a weather-worn Dalek. But I don't think that. The, well, uh-huh. I guess in turn it could be the strategist, though. It could still be Bootstrap, and this Dalek could be the strategist who has survived everything that has come to pass that we're experiencing now in the Daleks timeline. So it, I suppose it could be. Although I think I I think I read somewhere that it it doesn't have the markings of the. Somebody pointed out that it has the markings of the drone and not the strategist. So oh, okay. or the casing then, of the drone, not the strategist. I don't know. I'm somewhat casing blind when it comes to Daleks, unless they're pretty colored. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not going to get close enough to the Dalek to read the little insignia um, on its collar. You know, it's, <laughs> they don't wear name tags. You know, yeah. Unless it's the Cult of Scarrow with their 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 fun little whatever those were. It's like, nah, you, you stay over there. I'll What's tell you, sir? Yeah, uh, it has something to do with the the bumps on it are different. I think is what I read, and and uh, the exterior, the casing of the. Uh, you know the the slats that are down below the neck rotating part, they aren't damaged in the way that the strategist is. At least that's some of the things that I've seen on people that have analyzed the trailer online. The, the xylophone. Yeah, the xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> Why has that joke not happened yet? Why has the doctor never walked up to a Dalek and just started going to town? All right, well, speaking of Daleks, let's move on to the first episode of the new animated series. All life wants something. The Daleks know only destruction. What is our archive to them? This is the Dalek Emperor. Surrender the archive to me. The archive must be protected. Behold, the power of the Daleks. You have nothing to stop us. I've found details of a race in the archive. I have learned much about your race. My orders are to destroy it. Under attack. Withdraw. Withdraw. Leave this world. Flee back home if you wish. The Daleks must continue. This will be the end of the Daleks. The mechanoids are coming. Maximum extermination! Oh, the Daleks fail! Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> so, Sean, now, as of Saturday, you hadn't watched any of them. Are you just... Uh, up to one and two you haven't watched three I am, yet i am just up to one and two okay all right very good well we Same certainly here. won't not three oh yet. you haven't okay well i won't the telegraph. desire was strong to continue <laughs> I'll i won't say that i won't telegraph anything that comes other than three is but so far my favorite episode of all of them ah. um i think that i i really like this it's it's it 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 took me a little while to get used to the animation of this. And I think it's almost too slick and clean, but also rudimentary and primitive at the same time. Um, the thing that kept striking my mind, and I wish he had never brought this up, was Keith referring to this as looking like <laughs> reboot from the like late 90s, early 2000s. And you know, I started this to back off on my opinion of the of the animation on it. I thought episode one, I thought it was the animation's pretty good, and then in episode two, they get to the desert planet. And I'm like, I'm watching a PlayStation Two video. Yeah, right? so I think that the, the the thing is the backgrounds are are what are bothering me because anything that tries to look organic, and I think because the planet does, I think that's where it falls down. I think when you when uh, these sleek ships. Um, the library of Elos or the uh, archive at Elos, 
looks terrific. Everything that anything that's robotic or, or mechanical great. or yeah industrial all looks tr- fantastic. But anything that looks organic, if it's explosions, they look terrible. If it's uh, the, the desert planet, I don't think the desert planet looked terrible. But you're right; it looks very much like a PS2 video game. Not even um, a PS3; it's PS2. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and. I, I think I can be very forgiving of that. And the reason I say that is because they're obviously turning these out on a budget. And I think they were turning these out as quickly as they could. And these were a lot more robust than I thought they would be as far as uh, content and time. I thought we were going to get little five-minute snippets. But these things are turning out to be between 11 and 15 minutes each. So that's encouraging because once we get, what are there, six episodes of this, you'll have about an hour and a half uh, story in all uh, so I, I appreciate that they've done that and so I can forgive them for cutting corners but if you hadn't planted that reboot idea in my head I would have probably not been bothered the, the design of the robots <laughs> even the one in episode 2 is just I, it's just so simple I actually like the, I like the design of the sentinel in, in uh, episode 2 I thought that was kind of a neat look he kind of reminds me of Crow. He kind of reminds me of Crow, look-wise, his head. Reminds me of Crow from uh, NST3K. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Crow, or uh, who's the one from uh, Futurama? Stand back, Red. I got oh, to practice yeah, my yeah. stabbing motion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that, too. Um, you know, I don't remember Keith saying reboot. It's entirely possible that he subliminally planted that idea <laughs> because that was exactly what I thought of when it started. Um, I too was actually, uh, I was a little surprised that these looked as good as they do. Um, and that they were as long as they were. Um, I was thinking that we were going to get, I don't want to say kind of a cheap knockoff, but, uh, you know, a cheap knockoff. <laughs> we're doing an animated Daleks thing. Oh, Okay. Let us know how that turns out. Mm-hmm. But um, no, they, 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 you know, and I, I think maybe especially with, with Islos, Islos, whatever the name of this place is, the archive, the whole planet had a very high tech um, feel to it. Mm-hmm. And so the backgrounds and the spires and the towers of, of the planet, I think that's what definitely lent to the kind of reboot feel um, with being, you know, almost inside a computer. Um, once you get outside or into the, uh, the, the, the second episode where they go down into the secret base, that almost had more of a, more of a halo feel, big gargantuan elevators. And, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, things of that nature. But, uh, no, I was, I was actually pretty impressed. Now I agree the, the organic stuff, the explosions, I'm going to go with stylized. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> But overall, the uh, the whole kind of experience reminded me a little bit of the Animatrix. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see where it's 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 just a here here's a whole kind of side story of world building that's going on that is going to play into the the main plot thread, but just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, now I'm kind of wishing they had really embraced that 
and and maybe given different episodes by different uh, animation houses uh, a go and yeah. just kind of let everybody you know and if they if they want to expand this into a Dalek series like an ongoing just every so often we get a new one that drops on YouTube and it's from a different animation house uh, you know and and some are cell shaded and some are are computer animated and some are traditional and I, I'd be all for that because I think the Daleks in a way kind of embody the perfect way to tell those different stories with, you know, whatever planets they wind up or shenanigans they get into. Yeah. You know, it, I, I was pretty impressed. Another thing that it strikes nostalgia for me is this feels like this would fit in, although they're, they're certainly longer than some of the pieces were on this, but they, these feel like, you feel like this? They give me kind of the same feeling as a lot of the. You guys remember the anthology uh, series Liquid Television on MTV, and it would yeah. have, they would have just like small clip stories. Uh, I think Influx got its you know huge start on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead, I think, was on there initially, but it was it was just anthology pieces of things strung together. But it really kind of feels like this style of animation would fi- fit in. Uh, that kind of series. This is, you know, maybe a little more high tech than what they were working with back then, but just the feel of it with the, I guess the minimal, um, uh, orchestrational background, the kind of the minimalism they go with the, the voices and the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the soundtrack itself, I think kind of strikes some of those anthology pieces they had in liquid television as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's a good story going on. I, I I want to know more about the entity. And in fact, by the end of this, I was convinced that what the uh, um, librarians there had unleashed or had brought through was the Hond. And I from yeah, from the from the too. comic. And I thought, oh, okay, this is where this must tie in. And then it wasn't until last week, and then, and, and I'm not tipping the hat much, but um, the, or uh, tipping my hand as much, but uh, this week even, we still don't get much on what this entity is. So I'm starting to back off thinking, okay, this probably isn't the Hond. Apparently, maybe this is, maybe this is the, um, maybe this is the gateway from which the Hond was able to come through. Hmm. But uh, I don't think this entity is the haunt. Bit of a slick uh, ending there with that first story. Like, what, what did you give them? Yeah. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> and something that I very much appreciate is that um, what, what Goss has done with this serial, at least so far, um, is he, he's taken something very familiar with Dalek stories which is the, uh, it's, it's the chase, except he's flipped it. Yeah. So the Daleks are no longer the pursuers. They're the pursuees and chased. Yeah. And, and, and that is a very interesting role to put them in. What happens to the galaxy's most dangerous hunter when you put them on their back foot figuratively and, uh, you know, you, you've taken away the reinforcements, you've blown up Scaro again, mm-hmm. you, uh, <laughs> You know, you just, you, they, they don't have anything left. How dangerous is this, is this caged animal now? Yeah. So I'm very, very intrigued to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging the story quite a bit. I think it, it's kind of a, a slow burn in the first episode, but by the time we get to the end of it, it's, Ooh, okay. And it is. And I think that on from there in the next one, and it just keeps moving. 
I think what helps it too is the the uh, length of the episodes. Is you don't you, they don't have to do a lot of exposition, but if they do, they get to the action really quick, and then the episode's over. You know, so there's you don't spend a lot of time going. Okay, this is dragging. Where is this going? Um, there is a lot of those potential moments, but it never gets to that point and it never gets too long, especially because they're working in this, the, the uh, constraints of, of 14 minutes. I like, See, and I felt, I felt the action was where it was dragging and I thought, where is this going? Especially in episode one and the, the assault on this, on the archive and everything. It's just like, okay. Come on, let's get to the archive so we can find out why they want the archive. Yeah. There was a lot of I'm, I'm not look at these big the epic sweeping there. shots of us blowing up a city in in the first one. But yeah. uh, again, it's you know it's like a splash page in a comic book. This is the, this is the wow factor. We got to give us a little bit to to show off, and we'll get to the meat of this here in a bit. I think that's probably what they're doing too, because they set that yeah, up early is, is it's, it's a lot of flash of, Hey, this is what you expect from the Daleks. So this is what we're going to give you before they, they before they, they turn it and say, Oh wait, the Daleks are kind of the anti-hero here. Yeah. Yeah. They try to give you the action and the swooping. I just wasn't wowed by the swooping action. I, I thought it needed to maybe, I thought it was just too static. I wanted more dynamic movements and seeing the Daleks flying around and being more, you know, aggressive as opposed to kind of just sitting there shooting. Yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you a little bit of I, around, not a whole lot. I absolutely love the, uh, retro feel of the, uh, Daleks in the story. And in fact, to the, to the yeah. point where they're using the, not only are the Daleks flying, um, you know, through self proportion propulsion, but they even in, you know, I can't remember what the, uh, little flying things that they roll up onto. Some of the Daleks are flying that way, which is a very much a device that was, was created in the, uh, Terry nation annuals and the, um, comic strip in uh, 21th century and, or yeah, 21 century. And so the, so much so that I've, you know, we talked about last week how the uh, Dalek strips were reprinted in that Doctor Who uh, magazine uh, special supplement and that I bought. And I've been reading that and getting really excited. And then so much so that I, I forgot to bring this up for what I did this week. But I actually downloaded um, the Daleks Destroy, The Secret Invasion, which is a audio book that is uh, based on stories from the annuals back in the 1970s, from the Dalek annuals, and listen to that. Enjoyed that so much that I went back <laughs> and downloaded the, um, I think it's called Terry Nation's Dalek Audio Annual, which is the first book, and I think there's another one out that I still haven't picked up. But it's it's really striking that nostalgia of some of this old Dalek stuff that we didn't necessarily experience because we weren't around, and it's not... Doctor Who, it's not Daleks that we've kind of gotten through Doctor Who until recent with this kind of amalgamation of, of bringing sort of the retro feel into the new series. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that as well. Hmm. I'm glad you pointed out the uh, the, the flying um, platform uh, things because I noticed that right off the bat. It was like, is that Dalek flying one of those... 
oh, it is. And I got very <laughs> excited because I remember that from uh, one of the annual uh, uh, comics. Yeah. Back in the day, that's how they uh, had the Daleks fly around and get around because, you know, they, they, they were keenly aware that Daleks couldn't roll over certain, you know, scenarios <laughs> and, and certain situations. So uh, they devised those. And then, of course, later on, I think Remembrance was the first to include the uh, repul- or the uh, lifts, the impul- repulsor lifts in the uh, bottoms of the Daleks. And then, of course, that's yeah. become a, a thing in the new series, too. I think that one of those is referred to in Jubilee, the Big Finish Audio Jubilee with the Sixth Doctor, uh, refers to one of those Daleks flying in on one of those uh, in that, or that, or the Daleks when they, they show up to, uh, I think, re- retrieve the one Dalek that's laid dormant. I think I think there is a mention of that. So I think we, we at least hear about that in that story. You know, it's funny in my own personal headspace uh it just depends on what story it is if it's an early doctor uh you know if we're listening to a big finish audio with five or six um they're totally on those Mm -hmm. uh even even up to uh seven for the most part if it's an eighth doctor story or later (laughs) then well obviously they're flying around on their own because dogs can do that now yeah but (laughs) yeah but I wonder if it's it's a like uh, jetpacks versus uh, shuttles kind of idea. Is that a jetpack is only going to have so much fuel and so much range as far as flight, and so you're going to need something that's going to be more shuttle like that'll get you further distance. And it's kind of the step between the jetpack, the shuttle, and the actual ship. And so some of these you know Daleks are going to be on these flying dais type things. Uh, they're going to be more of the command that's going to have to do more of the hover around, perhaps go further distances, that kind of thing. Whereas the infantry soldiers aren't going to have to expend as much flight power. So they're obviously going to use what's already developed within their casings. So maybe it, maybe you can kind of retrofit it that way. It totally makes sense from a, you know, an invasion force standpoint is, you know, if you're launching wave after wave after wave of Daleks out of a ship, why waste the personal fuel cells? Yeah, as you know, when you can put them in a transport and get them down there, and then turn them loose and have have more uh, have more oomph for killing things. Yeah, yeah. Curtis Wiki calls them hoverbouts. Hoverbout. Yes, thank you. I knew there was a name in there. In fact, I think it's referred to that in Jubilee too. I think that's the audio that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's a, it's a great start. These first two episodes, I think, are, are quite enjoyable. Um, I can't wait until we're able to review the next one because I have, um, well, I'm going to say I've watched ahead, but I haven't technically because I, I mean, I just watched them as they come out each week. So, uh, But I am ahead of where we're reviewing. Uh, but next week, so I, I'll, I, I'm excited to see what you guys think of it. Yeah, I think it's Looking a good start. To it. I, I really enjoyed episode two uh, more so than episode one. Yeah, I like to say the sentry and and well, I think the surprise too of that one was was really neat. Uh, the fact it's, that the entity had come had been there before and had already reprogrammed it, and I knew yeah. that something was up when it kept referring to the strategist as emperor. And we've already gotten hints dropped that the strategist obviously has lost favor with the emperor for something he's done. And I'm wondering if that reference now 
might be this, that he failed the emperor in securing the extra uh, store, stored Daleks. And so I, quite, I sort of wonder if maybe that might be what's being referred to in uh, the two-part comic book. But we also know, based on the conversation between the Tenth Doctor and the Strategist, that the Strategist has sort of uh, at one time was in a position of maybe more power on possibly on the road to uh, a higher position than what it is at this point. And so dropping those early on and then having the, the, the sentry continue to refer to him as emperor, as though the strategist sort of, I think it's implied that the strategist feels like he would make a better emperor because he's, um, because he's, you know, a, a, uh, good steward of 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 dalek kind uh he's you know kind of he's he's in his station uh and he doesn't rise above his station and i think that that that's kind of implied earlier on in the stuff that we've reviewed and so to see that kind of that that little narrative still be there with this you know sentinel kind of goading him you know the this this could be your army this could be you know he doesn't so much say it except for that's kind of the offer as it as it comes up but uh so i kind of like that it was a neat surprise that that the that the entity uh had been there because it exists before and after it uh was there ahead and had already uh reprogrammed the daleks yeah i thought that was a nice twist yeah so do we think that the uh, the, the the strategists' um, actions are, are are being done out of? I hesitate to use the term loyalty. Well, I think it is in, loyalty in regards to the Daleks. But is it? I think it is loyalty. I think it's it's. I think if nothing else, Daleks are ultimately loyal. I think that's 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 a. a, a an excellent term to use for them because they are very much command structure following the command um almost hive mind in a way because they're all you know connected to the to this uh interconnected um network um but they do acknowledge higher command and higher structure and i think that that's ultimately the strategist is being tempted to go against his emperor and he uh, not only doesn't go against it, but he so much so that he's, you know, ready to self-destruct these uh, uh, Daleks in order to keep them from uh, going to war and taking over. So probably, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting from the standpoint that, you know, we we have had a Dalek civil war. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, already at, at this stage. Um, with a faction rising up against the Dalek Emperor. Now, of course, they were loyal to Davros, but it was it was it was very much there, and so that kind of made me wonder if the strategist was playing that idea off. You know, is is there a benefit to that happening versus the? Because I mean, he did essentially start a civil war in order to not start a civil war, right? Right, <laughs> and and he destroyed the larger of the two factions. You know, he, he could have taken the army, gone up, kicked the emperor's butt, and called it good, and then dealt with the the problem of this uh, this entity, and instead remained loyal 
to the emperor and wasted the troops. So it's it's a it's an interesting conundrum, which I'm very curious to see how they're gonna or if they'll play off of it uh, and, and go any further with it. But yeah, yeah. Um, I thought one thing that I uh, I think it got struck down. Somebody decided that it couldn't work, but I think one thing that was early on implied in fandom was that these Daleks might have been the ones. Or I think maybe when the trailer for the uh, last week's episode came out, people were speculating that these Daleks that were uh, in that hidden in this planet were the ones that were buried in Planet of the Daleks, which I think would have been a really cool connection. I, ultimately, it, ultimately, it doesn't work out that way, but... That would have been cool. Well, I'll be honest, I'll show my uh, my, my lack of, of who knowledge that uh, the, the, the name of the episode is The Sentinel of the Fifth Galaxy, to which my brain automatically went, oh, Galaxy 5, this is that old Hartnell serial where they went and took over that whole... So they're going to go over there and get help and then realize, no, that was Galaxy 4. Uh, so <laughs> your, your, your head cannon is whatever you make that's right <laughs> I thought we were getting a deep cut but uh, no I'm just wrong <laughs> yeah yeah. alright Sean well what do we got coming up on the schedule well if things hold uh, <laughs> the schedule at this point is for us to return next week with a, uh, a story, what the TARDIS thought of Time Lord Victorious. And Daleks, number three, Planet of the Mechanoids. Ooh. And number four, which I don't believe we've got a title for yet. We do not. Uh, and so that is on the, the docket for review. Uh, the schedule has a lovely interlude that uh, was posted just recently as we uh, uh, kind of uh, wait and see what happens. So more on the website. <laughs> if you get any uh, value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it, clicking on our Patreon link that you can find there on the website. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Every bit of that helps bump us up in the ratings. And then make sure you join the conversation as, user, as usual in our listeners forum on Facebook. And there you can engage with us and Jamie and other listeners and share your thoughts and insights. Uh, anything we else we need to add this week before we close the show out, guys? There is a new poll uh, up ah, for yes. the uh, Traveling the Vortex Book Club. So go there and vote for January's book. Yeah, I just saw that the uh, Wintertime Paradox was on there. So I will already have that one out of the way if that's the one we vote for. Actually, I think Cricket Men's on there, too. So we've already we've reviewed two of those stories. It's two of the four. Yeah. So there, it's if, so if, nice to be a head for a if, if, <laughs> I'll put this challenge out there. If either of those two books win in the poll, and if there's another one on there we've already reviewed, this goes for that as well. But I can't remember what all was on the poll. But if either of those two books specifically um, uh, win the poll... I challenge all three of us to be sure to go on there and put a review because I think sometimes we've we've even lacked in going on there because I mean a lot of times if you're like me you don't always have <laughs> you don't always have the luxury of uh, reading the books that everybody else is reading because we're often doing you know other homework for this podcast but since we have gotten those ones out of the way if those end up being the book of the month then I challenge all three of us to go on there and and, and leave our uh, our thoughts on there for for the book club. Sound good? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. 
Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.